Hello and welcome to another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. I'm Dino Varelli, founder and CEO of Project Purple. And today we are live, well not live, but we're on site here in New York with a special guest, Gene Gerkoff, who's the founder of Charity Miles. Hey, Thank Gene. you for having me, Dino. Thank you for... Gino and Dino. Gino and Dino. That is here a good go. one. That's a good one. Bring, two G- bring a Gino and Dino together and God knows what will come out of it, but... Um, We're here in Stuyvesant Town, which is, I thought I knew New York, Gene, and like this is like a whole other world. Like we're not going to tell a lot of people what it's about because we don't want anyone coming in. No, this is a special little oasis out here. But we're in Stuyvesant Town, beautiful day here in June, and I'm just looking out, there's like people with blankets hanging out there's playgrounds we're there's outside, restaurants there's we're dogs, outside there's the birds dogs. are chirping love is in the air it's unbelievable it's a beautiful beautiful day beautiful area thank you never have seen this before in my life i it think is I've, special. I've seen it from the air from flying as much as i do but this is really cool yep so, so quick history just so people understand where we are we're in a place called stuyvesant town which is a very special part of, the, of New York City. We're outside right now, so you'll probably hear a lot of noise. There's a little truck driving by us right now, dogs barking, birds chirping. There's a little park playground by us. You might hear some kids running around. And this was built back in 1947 for returning veterans after World War II. It was built by MetLife. They owned it for a long time. And then they actually sold it back in like 2000, I want to say it's like 2008, like right at the height, uh, right before everything crashed. And I used to be a finance lawyer, and I actually worked on that deal. And they sold it, sold it to a company called Tishman Spire, and then Tishman Spire ended up, I think, losing it uh, in bankruptcy to and it changed hands a few times. And now it's owned. I don't know who owns it now, but they're doing a great job with it. It's an amazing place to to live and to be. This is where I live, and it's a tons of. You never know that you're in the city. It's all playgrounds and parks and great for walking and running right near the East River and it's very well maintained it's like beautiful. I, we, coming in we saw like tons of like piles of mulch that are gonna get yeah. ready and gardens everywhere yeah, beautiful outdoor gym they've got like a, a ninja style gym with all sorts of monkey bars and pull-up bars and crazy stuff that you could do I know that you're into that yeah um, lots of basketball courts tennis courts bocce courts <laughs> they so have an ice skating day. rink out here in the winter wow. I played I took up hockey this past winter it's a great place to live so is there a little advertisement for Stuyvesant Town? Is Maybe they should sponsor your podcast. Fee, you know, like who's paying for all the mulch? It's all in the rent. It's all in the rent. Yeah, so but the rent is actually very cost effective, which is great too. I know you said that, yeah, yeah when we were walking yeah. in and how it's a lot of it was rent yeah. controlled and still is yeah. and stuff. I mean, I'll tell you this. And no offense to the other parts of New York City, but everyone looks really happy here. Yeah. Like there's place. not a lot of angry people. <laughs> no, it's, it's great. It's a great it, place know. to live. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you for joining us on the Project Thank Purple you podcast. for having me. Glad you get to experience my neighborhood. It's great. It's great. To, I love finding new new yeah. places. And the bagels that we had yeah. outside were awesome. So right before we came in. So for our listeners at home, and we have a pretty vast audience, Gene, this is your opportunity. And we always give our guests kind of the first 10 to 15 minutes to share their background with our guests. Wow. So with background. that being said you can delve into as much of your history as you'd like or as little. Do you ever see the movie Airplane? I have, yeah. You know, there's like the scene where... Um, when he has flashbacks? Well, there's a lot of those, but there's a scene where the stewardess is coming down the aisle and she's like, do you want anything to read? And the, the guy's like, do you have anything light? 
and she's like, well, I have this pamphlet on famous Jewish sports legends. So that's, that's pretty right. <laughs> So I think I, I don't have like 10 to 15 minutes to say about anything about myself. I probably have like more of like a little pamphlet, but I'm the founder of Charity Miles, um, which if people out there don't know what that is, it's, it's a free iPhone and Android app that allows you to earn money for charity whenever you walk, run, or bike, or do other uh, physical activities. And we partner with over 40 of the world's top charities, and we're sponsored by great companies. And we're about to release some updates that will enable people to do peer-to-peer fundraising. So if you're doing like a marathon and you want your friends to sponsor you, or if you're not doing a marathon, if you're just the type of person that wants to walk you know, a mile a day for a great cause and your friends can sponsor you, we enable you to do that as well. Uh, like I said, we work with 40 amazing charities. We're going to be adding some more charities right now, including, I think, the Purple Project or Project Purple. My- Intense, maybe. Intent. No, hint, hint. Hint, yes, hint. Yes. Hint, hint. Um, so we're really excited about Stay that. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. So uh, I believe that Project Purple will be joining us soon, depending on when this comes out. And our mission is to help people raise more money for charity and so, so that we can help great, great charities advance their missions. So that's where you are today. Mm-hmm. But I want to know how you got there. So you did mention how you I were in the law. Yeah. law. So where did you go? Where did you do your undergrad? Are you from New York City? I'm from New Jersey. Um, Northern Jersey? Northern Jersey, hence the Gino. Gino, yeah. Um, and I uh, used to be a finance lawyer. When I was in law school, I started to run marathons to raise money for Parkinson's disease research. My grandfather had Parkinson's. And um, I always wanted to find a way to get more people doing it and to get companies to sponsor me. So when I graduated, I graduated law school in 2004. I moved to New York and um, started practicing at a big law firm here in, in the city. I have a similar background to you. I know that you were in finance as well, yep. doing the Lord's work. And um, <laughs> Doing the Lord's work. Is that what we call yeah, that? Exactly. Maybe it was too, and, yeah. um, I don't know if I've ever heard anyone say yeah. that, but I'll, we'll run with that. That's a good description of what we were doing. And it, you know, at the time, I was running marathons to raise you know, a few thousand dollars for Parkinson's research, and that's what I really cared about. Were you running for a particular charity at the time? I know you- I started doing it for the, when I was in law school, it was for the Parkinson's Disease Foundation. And then when I graduated law school, I was introduced to the Michael J. Fox Foundation. And I was one of the founding members of Team Fox, which is- Their endurance. Their endurance, well, everything, all yeah. their peer-to-peer fundraising that they do. And so, they've done a, an amazing yeah, job. Yeah, it's been amazing I to mean, see from the beginning. they're a great charity. I mean, there's so many, I think that's the one thing, one of the things I should say, there's many things that I enjoy most about what we do and what I do is mm-hmm. meeting all these other charity partners because yeah. everyone has got an amazing story, you know, but there's people that are truly passionate, that are engaged because of their life being touched by that disease or that yep. illness. So they're one of the... Yeah, they've done an amazing, amazing job and job. I've learned a lot from them and it's been amazing to see it grow from literally before day one uh, to where it is now. And... Um, I also, so when I um, was introduced to them, they needed some legal work done, so I started to do pro bono legal work for them, did a lot of legal work for them over the years, and through different things, had different ideas, um, which is very interested in how to, like, mo- how to take the power of the crowd to, to create change, and tried a bunch of different things, just kind of as hobbies through the years that led me to create Charity Miles. And um, when I had the idea for Charity Miles, it was like a lightning bolt, lightning bolt type of moment where kind of all the different things in my life came together. And um, I realized that this is something that I wanted to do. 
you remember the moment that that happened? Absolutely, yeah. We'll talk a little bit about that. Um, so before Charity Miles, while I was still practicing law, I made, what I really liked about law school was the debate, how interesting it was. Like, not talking about what the law is, but what the law should be. And you didn't really get that when you're practicing law. You're practicing law is like more just like actually doing the paperwork and that type of thing. So I made a website called Wikocracy, which was just like Wikipedia. I just learned of Wikipedia and I didn't know, I just had bought like a book at Barnes and Noble, followed the instructions on how to make a site. It looked exactly like Wikipedia, except instead of editing fact, you could edit the law. And an I put that take. up. You could edit the Constitution, you could edit the Patriot Act, you could edit the Affordable Care Act, whatever, actually not, the Affordable Care Act wasn't out by that time, but George Bush was still president. Yeah. Um, so basically, like, you could edit what, whatever law you want, but unlike Wikipedia, where everything was collaborative, nobody collaborated on this. It was all, like, erasing the Constitution and writing, like, you know, something bad, or, like, erasing that. Like, there was no collaboration and then ultimately that site got spammed by um, like porn bots and like Viagra ads I don't know how that but like it was like all of a sudden it was just like off the rails so yeah. I just like let that go and then that led me to but people like it got written up a bit like in different like law journals and then that led me to have this idea um, to create an app called postcard petitions where you could create and send a real, it was like right when iPhones came out, I was like, oh, it'd be cool if I could take a picture with my phone and then write a message and then send that as a postcard to my congressman. And so for like advocacy, so I could take a picture of me and my grandfather, send it to my congressman and say, this is so why this I support. So through advocacy work for Yeah, advocacy for different causes. Yep. Because um, right at the time, um, we, my family was very involved with the Parkinson's Disease Foundation. I was very involved with Fox. We were raising a lot of, you know, everyone was raising money for the research. New York State passed a $1 billion stem cell bill for stem cell research. Yeah. And I realized I could never run enough marathons to raise a billion dollars. But if through advocacy work, you can make that happen. Yeah. And so I was like, how can we mobilize all the people like me to advocate better? And so that was my idea, is I created this app called Postcard Petitions that allowed you to create and send real postcards to your congressman. It was the first app in the App Store that allowed you to send a real postcard um, people thought, oh, it would be really cool if I could send postcards to my friends, so I made one that did that as well. <laughs> they both totally failed, and um, nobody used them. Like, I would tell the idea to everybody, and everybody would be like, oh, that is amazing. I cannot wait to send a postcard to my congressman. Like, I've got so many things that I would send to him and, or her and tell her what to do, and nobody used it. And But a lot of the charities that, like, because of the stuff that I had done with Team Fox and then at my law firm, I was doing pro bono work for other charities, they all kind of liked the idea, and so they wanted to use that app for different advocacy things. So I started to build up relationships with other charities. And then these charities kept coming to me and saying, we really want to build an iPhone app. And I was like, no, you don't. Like, trust me, you definitely do not want an iPhone app. It's the worst idea ever. It's really expensive, and no one's going to use it. And they kept asking for it. And then I had friends at different companies who were saying, hey, our company's thinking of making an iPhone app. And I'd say the same thing to them. And they kept saying it enough, and I was meeting with one charity, um, I'm not gonna say which one it is, but it's another charity that's actually gonna be joining us now, because they didn't join us back then. They're like, we really want an iPhone app. And um, they kept telling me, and like all, they said, we have these walks. We're thinking about making an app for our walks. And like all, like I was sitting in their office and like the lightning bolt hit, where it was like all the different things in my life 
you know, the apps that I created with the postcard stuff, the running that I've been doing with the Team Fox, all the other work that I've been doing for all the other charities kind of came together in that moment where I said, if I can make the app, then all the charities could plug in on one end and all the companies could plug in on the other end and it would solve both of their problems. Why were you so hesitant to say, no, don't create the app because of the failure that you had? And that wouldn't necessarily why was I, why, why did I tell people not yeah. to make an app? Because it's so hard. I mean, I've been doing charity models for seven years now, and it's even harder than I even realized back then. It's just really, really hard to make an app. There's so much that goes, you don't just make it once and then it's out there, you're always evolving, improving, evolving it, and it's expensive. And, um, you know, where does the money come from to make it happen? Yeah. Where does the team come from? I'm not a tech guy, so I gotta hire people. Yeah. Um, and it's just really, really, really hard. And then as much as people say that they wanna do it, it's hard to get people to download an app. Yeah. You have to have like a really dedicated person that goes and downloads the app, and then not only downloads it, but remembers to use it. Um, it's, a, it's a hard thing to do. So for a charity to invest hundreds of thousands of dollars into that, doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like, so when I was practicing law, I was doing a lot of real estate law. So you build a building and then you rent out the space in the building. So like, you know, most companies don't build their own office space. They find a building and rent space. Right. They don't. You don't. If you're the if you're the Gap and Banana Republic or whoever, you don't build your own store. Yeah, just you rent s- space in a mall with everybody else. And so that was kind of the idea. Is like, all right, instead of you building your own shopping mall, I'll build the mall, and then you can all rent space in it. So the lightning bolt hits. Yeah. And then you kind of figure out, like, all right, I think I've got an idea here. Yep. And then where do you go from there? Like having an idea but then actually implementing it yeah um so i just asked people say oh if you have an idea you got to be really careful and don't tell anybody and get ndas make sure that they sign the non-disclosure i don't care about any of that if anyone's going to steal this idea they can try to steal it it's hard enough to do as it is but yeah um i just talked to everybody i could to get their feedback like i went to all the charities that i had relationships with all the charities that had been asking me about the app the ones that were using the postcard app um different companies, friends, family, strangers on the street, what do you think? Um, I probably, knowing what I know now, I still would have done it differently than I did back then. But I asked a lot of people and got a lot of feedback to make the idea. And then when do you launch? And it how took me. It launch? took me a year to go from having the idea to getting it out where people were using it. Now, a year just in the standpoint of like researching like, hey, will this work? Or from a technical aspect, like Everything. how do I From when I had the out? idea to building an app that people were using and having it out the door, it took me a year. And when did you launch? June of 20, what is, what is today's uh, date? Tomorrow will be our seventh birthday. Wow, man, yeah. that's pretty epic. We're yeah. here the day before the seventh birthday. Yeah. We gotta go get ice cream or something. I don't <laughs> know what, what, yeah, maybe ice cream's in due order, but there's looks like there's an ice cream spot over here. So June of 2012, 12. you launched, and, and at that time you had all the charities on board and you had the corporate sponsors on as board? No, we said we had 10 charities on board, and at that time, you know, I, I, there's charities that are kind of like knocking down our door to be in the app right now that said no back then, um, because they didn't want to take the risk, and, believe, and I don't blame them at all, it was a huge risk. Most of these things don't pan out, and um, you know if they didn't know me, if they didn't, you know, have a relationship with me, um, you know, they, 
the ones that said yes were really, mostly, with a few exceptions, were charities that I had a pre-existing relationship with and trusted me to, to give this a shot. And they, liked the, and they thought the idea was great, which I'm glad that they did. Um, and we had no sponsors. So we went, and there's more, there's like a whole much bigger story that I won't get into, but like I went to so many different companies. I had the opportunity to pitch, you know, major, major, major companies. And, um, you know, I'd never made a pitch before. So I like watched like the whole season of Mad Men to like learn <laughs> how like Don Draper. So I think, I think it's so funny. Like I picture what I was like back then. I like went in, I, had, I was like dressed up. I have like a whole thing planned out, customized for each company that I was working, you know, pitching with like dramatic pauses in there and stories and like I would go in I could make people cry in the in my presentation and none of them said yes like they would cry they would, this is the most amazing thing the best idea we've ever had we get so many pitches this is phenomenal and none of them said yes and uh, it was like you know six months of doing that of like getting no no like oh we think it's a good idea and they, they never said no well sometimes they would say no but they almost never said like no it just, they never said yes. And um, they were always like kind of like on a wait and see type of thing. And uh, so eventually decided to just launch it myself and sponsored it myself for a year. And um, so I actually had a partner, like a, a good friend of mine, we launched it together. And we went and we said, all right, we're gonna do t 25 cents a mile up to $1 million. And I don't have a million dollars. My partner did. But the idea was that if we actually owed that, it's because people are using the app and sponsors would, would fall Let's in line. See that, yeah. Like that was our investment. We were fine to make that investment to get people to use the app because once we had that people using the app, the sponsors would come on board. And sure enough, sponsors started circling, but they never came on board like we had like enough success like we won the top award of South by Southwest which is like one of the top technology festivals in the, in the world um, and we won a webby we were written up in all sorts of magazines every like and we didn't do any outward PR like it just always happened and um, when it came time at the end of the first year to pay the charities we owe them like you know, like three three hundred fifty thousand dollars um, my partner backed out and he wasn't going to cover his part of that and that was really hard so I went totally broke um, had to borrow some money from my family and actually my wife and I moved into my parents apartment they have an apartment here in the city so we moved into their apartment for a little while and um, you know gone from being like a lawyer at like a big firm to like totally broke so you were still doing your day job as a no lawyer, I was were, I was you, I, you I, I had not been doing this. that I was full-time doing this went totally broke put everything I had into this and uh, my partner backed out and um, right it was funny like the week that that happened men's fitness came out with like a cover story article like the 10 game changes of the year that mm. they had called me like a while ago and interviewed me about I didn't know what they were gonna do and it was like cover story article 10 game changers of the year it was like Elon Musk Jimmy Fallon Macklemore and me like big full page That's pretty good company home. yeah and I'm literally like that week broke moving into my family's apartment but with you're my partner. in men's fitness though for backed out but like changers. it was like a very very dark time yeah and like that article like articles like that made it even worse 
because like I'm like literally each day not sure whether or not I'm gonna shut down the company and like yeah. default on all my obligations to the charities and um, so that was really hard but fortunately um, Timex saw that article and reached out to me and they became a sponsor and then we had a couple other sponsors come in and then we got another sponsor and I was able to keep the company going and you know, day by day grew out of that hole and we've been going at it seven years and the rest is history as they say yeah so the initial and this is still part of the ethos and i know you said you're you're going to change you know the new evolution which is yeah. going to launch here soon with the peer-to-peer model but the idea from the very beginning was to get companies involved to be philanthropic mm-hmm. and have people just clock their miles whatever activity they would yeah. do to whatever charity of their choice that's right. So the idea was to get corporate sponsors involved. To, you know, my idea was that companies wanted to be involved, yeah. but they needed some kind of business reason to do it. And so I could give them a business reason to do it because we provide our sponsors with a lot of value, so that they could justify taking money that they would otherwise spend on other advertising and spend it with us. And, you know, we've had some really good success with that. We have amazing sponsors from. Aftershocks Headphones, to Brooks, to Garmin, Wesson Hotels, Johnson & Johnson, Human- we've had amazing sponsors over the years that have worked with us um, that have done just that. They've taken money that otherwise would have been spent on other advertising and spent it with us. And through that, we've earned almost $3 million for charity, which I'm both proud of, but also not satisfied with. And, you know, I thought that if we could build something that was better than all the other crap that companies spend their advertising on, then they would just take all the other money that they're spending on crappy advertising and spend it with us. That did not happen. So, you know, they still spend most of their money on things like programmatic advertising. Programmatic advertising is like all the ads that come at you on the internet that kind of run through. The bounce ads that bounce around the internet. Yeah, and they follow you everywhere because you search for, you know, cat food, so now you get cat food ads or or whatever you search yeah. for so, on Google. Right. We were just at Google. Yeah, we yeah. were there. We saw so, that team doing that. No. So that system is not going away. So we needed to figure out, like, how do we take the success that we have and use that as a leverage point to generate more impact for our charities? Because the way that we're set up now is that we've got corporate sponsors. And when I say now, I mean, like, as of this week. But as of next week, it's changing. changing. So we have corporate sponsors who give us who pay to advertise with us, that money goes into a pool, and then that pool is paid out to the charities in proportion to the miles done for each. So after I went broke, I couldn't Based say- Based on those activities that people are logging- In the those, app. Yeah. yeah, on the app for those right. specific so charities. If like a particular charity gets X percent of the miles in the app, they get X percent of the pool. But you know, after I did like the first year where like my partner and I said, you know, 25 cents a mile, like we couldn't do that anymore. So we basically just kept like the pool system and have been doing that for like the last six years. Um, but that doesn't allow us to add more charities because if we if it's a big charity, it's gonna dilute the pool for everyone else. Right. And if it's a smaller charity like Project Purple, you guys aren't gonna earn any money because the bigger charities are gonna outweigh you Correct. by you know orders of magnitude so you'll, it wouldn't be effective for you. So we needed to think about like what's a system where we can use the fact that we've got these amazing sponsors, use the app that people love and give people the ability to use it for other ways that they can earn unlimited amounts of money. One of which being peer-to-peer fundraising. So you guys have such an incredible network of people who 
are really passionate about what you do, that are already doing things like marathons or CrossFit or walking events, how can we help them raise more money for you? And then how can we also help all the people who really care about what you do but haven't been raising money for you? Because maybe they don't think of themselves as a marathoner or maybe they're um, you know, reluctant to ask their friends or maybe you know, they want to do the walk but they don't know how they can go out and raise money for just walking when somebody else is doing a marathon. So how can we use what we have to help all those people raise money for you and use what we have with our corporate sponsors to give them incentives and give them a platform to do that. So when you began and you've had gotten these 40 charities, mm -hmm. what was the process in selecting those 40 charities? And you had said a lot well, of Well, we started with no. 10. We started with 10. And so the process was like, I wanted to have like a well-rounded, yeah. I didn't want to have like a whole bunch of Parkinson's charities. Right. So I wanted to have, so they were all covering different areas. I, wa I needed, I wanted them to be world-class. I didn't want them to be, you know, charities that people hadn't heard of. Um, and fortunately, because of the work that I had done, I had those relationships. And they said yes. And then since then, through the years, charities reach out to us. We have over 2,000 charities on our waiting list. Um, and we added for a while, like the first few years we were adding, but then we really had to slow down adding because the pool was getting diluted. Diluted, yeah. Um, and for like the last few years, we haven't really added any charities unless a sponsor, like a major sponsor, wanted us to. Um, question for you here. Mm -hmm. Growing up, because mm -hmm. I, I think there, there's certain people in the world that are thinkers and doers and people that will just go through um, the rules and mm -hmm. follow the rules and, and there's no right or wrong either mm -hmm. way but it sounds like to me just hearing you speak that you have this like mindset or these thoughts or the, the idea right to start this mm -hmm. and if we look back at the history like the postcards and some of these other previous mm -hmm. experiences kind of lead you to the success of charity miles was that kind of the case growing up for you? Like, you know, were you kind uh, I don't of know. a thinker, or you know, did you? I mean, I, I was a rule follower for sure. Well, you're a lawyer, so yeah, I was like, you know, like <laughs> well, you I, went to law school, I should say. Yeah, I was definitely law, a rule so follower in terms of just just about everything. Like, I figured out, like, okay, this is what I need to do to get good grades. Yeah, this is what I need to do to get into a good college. This is what I need to do to get into a good law school, and just like follow the rules. I did want to always be an entrepreneur, but I had no idea what that meant. Yeah. Um, and I had no appreciation for how difficult it was. Um, I don't think anyone yeah. does. Even so, those who have that entrepreneurial yeah. spirit, though, like, I think, I, I think it's hard unless you go through it, yeah. right? Like, I think you, you can read books and you can listen to podcasts and you can watch YouTube videos, but I think until you actually go through it, do you realize, like, yeah. how hard it is? Yeah. So, but I was definitely a rule follower. Kind of like, and actually, to some extent, that's kind of the way I'm, kind of approaching it now too is like how do you game the system mm -hmm. like what is the system and how do you make the system work for your advantage so like in high school I knew what I needed to do to get A's mm -hmm. it's like I needed to give the teacher when I was in sixth grade I had a teacher Miss DeVita and she and I did not get along and um, We're calling her out on the I'm calling her out but in a way she's probably like probably one of the most important teachers I'd ever had because my mom always said it's like just give her what she wants yeah. You, you might be right, whatever, but just give her what she wants and you'll be fine. So once I learned how to give her what she wanted, I got A's and then I just took that forever. Like, what does the teacher want? How do you give it to them? And, you know, that's, I got A's through 
high school, just find out what the teacher wants, give it to them, and like, you can get to the next level. And then when I started Charity Miles, again, like going back to it, I haven't thought of it in this way. So this is, since you asked the question, it's like the first time I'm thinking about it. I'm not sure if this is going to come out right, but, you know, so much of it was like <coughs> trying to be disruptive. I'm using air quotes around disruptive. Yeah. Um, and that's not, probably not the best idea. Like I tried to say, okay, all the advertisers want all this crappy ads. I'm going to do something better and I'm going to teach them something better. <coughs> but it's probably better just to give them what they want and figure out how to make that system of programmatic advertising, which I still think is garbage, work for us. But I think in order to create change, and if you think about <coughs> what your original purpose was, was to create large-scale change mm -hmm. and do it differently, you have to think outside the box and you have to do things that are not, because what's happening now is not working, right? So yeah. that's how these ideas and how things happen is when people actually have that mindset to create change. And to yeah, it's a balance. There's, there's definitely a tension and a balance there because, and you're right, like there ha you have to, in order to have change, you have to think differently, but people, as much as they talk about disruption, don't like to be disrupted. Correct. And a lot, it's a, they talk about like be empathy in the, in the nonprofit world, like, oh, it's all about empathy, but really it's, it's so important for everything. Like if I'm gonna sell charity miles to a sponsor, I need to have empathy for what that sponsor wants. Yeah. I need to put myself in the shoes of that media buyer and say what's important to him or her and, and really have as much empathy for them as I can. They don't wanna be disrupted, you know? And I don't blame them. Like having not, I, there's just about every day of the week I wish I could go back to a steady job, yeah. right? So I don't blame them for not wanting to be disrupted and not wanting to take risks. Um, at the same point, you got to do, you got to do things differently. And I also think about that with charity miles. It's interesting. I've been doing it. so with charity miles. People, if you ask people like, why do they like charity miles? They will say things like, oh, because I was going to be walking or I was going to be running anyway. I figured I should do it for charity. Which is such an interesting thing to say because people won't say that about anything else. Like. I love to ski. I've never said, oh, I was going to go skiing this weekend anyway. I figured I should do it for charity. But people all the time say, oh, I was going to run this marathon anyway. I figured I should do it for charity. charity yeah. Or I was going to do this walk. I was going to walk anyway. I should figure I should do it for charity. But why don't we say, well, I was going to do this anyway. I figured I should do it for charity. They don't say it about these other things. And so this, it's this interesting idea with charity miles. It's like taking what we're going to do anyway and giving it a little bit of a tweak so that it could be for charity. If you're going to be walking or running anyway, if you do a charity miles and you do just like this one little tweak, you could turn all those miles that you're going to do anyway into money for charity. And I think that that's really powerful. But at the same time, I have a mentor who, he likes to say that normal is broken. <laughs> and I, I've kind of appropriated that to myself that anyway is broken. Because, you know, like 60% of the country is overweight, probably more than that, like 60% of the yeah, for what fifty percent of the country is divorced, like all these problems that we have, like are because we're doing what we're doing anyway. Like if you want to change our your health, if you want to change that we're all overweight, if you want to change that we're not sleeping enough, if you want to change that we're getting divorced, if you want to change that sixty percent of the country is unhappy, why you got to stop doing what you were doing anyway and do it differently? There's an episode of uh, Seinfeld, which is one of my favorite episodes, where George he decides to do the opposite of whatever he was going to do anyway. He's like, you know what, every time I do whatever I, whatever my instinct is, because my instincts always get me into trouble, whatever my instinct is, I'm going to do the opposite. 
And of course, once he starts doing the opposite, everything starts working out well for him for a while. Like, you know, that's like the funny part. And so I think that we need that too. Like, what were you going to eat for lunch anyway? Were you going to eat something unhealthy? Well, maybe you should do something different. Maybe you should eat a salad. Yeah. You know, what were you going to do tonight anyway? Are you going sit, to sit on the couch and watch two hours of television? Well, maybe you need to do something different and like, you know, go for a walk, go for a walk or talk to your wife or, you know, like you need to do something different than what you were going to do anyway. So there's this balance, I think, in like finding out the ways of what we're going to do anyway, where you can just do like a little tweak and turn that thing that you were going to do anyway into something impactful or totally reframing it and doing something different than what you were going to do anyway to make an impact. Well, I just made two notes here. And so what do they say? Like the definition of insanity is yeah. doing the same, same thing, thing over, over and over, and over exactly. again with the same results, right? Exactly. So expecting like, different results. Or expecting, yeah. So like, you know, that's, I mean, look at our society. Like we do this constantly all day, yep. every day, right? But then I think the other thing that I wrote down here is just that philanthropic mindset. And so I've always been really intrigued with mindset and why people do what they do. We have a thing at, at Project Purple, which we call it, like, what's your why? Like, why do you do, mm-hmm. you know, your marathon or whatever you're doing with us? And I think that speaks to, you know, charity in the sense that I think everyone wants to do good. But what's fascinating here in this parallel and talking about this out loud with what you've done with Charity Miles it, and we always hear the excuse like, I don't have time. Mm-hmm. But so if we haven't, in fairness to the community out there as a whole, if we've said, okay, hey, you've got to do these good deeds, but we haven't provided them the bridge or the tools in order to do these good deeds, regardless of what they are doing, then how can we get there, right? Mm-hmm. So with the app, like you said, like, hey, if you're running, snowing, or Uh, skiing, biking, whatever Mm -hmm. you're doing, well, the excuse can't be, like, how do I help a charity do what I love to do? Right. Right? So it's it's very fascinating to me. But it is like a mind shift change, though, because we've got to get people to think that, you know, with having resources like Charity Miles to give people the opportunity to give back their miles Mm -hmm. and be philanthropic in doing what they love to do, whether it's CrossFit, fitness, skiing, riding, biking, walking, running... You know whatever that may be yeah the time is a big thing I mean, giving people the ability to do it on their own time is a really big thing that's you know one of the things i'm most excited about with the new updates that we're making to the app is that really so many times people say i want to yeah i would love to help project purple i would love to help parkinson's whatever their cause is but i don't have the time or and for a long time like i was like oh, it's a lame excuse but it is a lame excuse it's not have time no well you know what like it goes back to that empathy thing and maybe like back in when I was a lawyer and everything was easy, like, I would have kind of sneered at that. But having gone through, you know, having been put through much more serious trials um, since then, like, I do have, I have a lot of empathy for people. If you just look around here, everybody here looks happy, like you said, but everybody around here is going through some struggle that you and I know nothing about. know nothing about. And, um, you know, they've got a lot on their mind. They got a job, they got a family, someone in their family is sick, whatever. And they, they just got a lot on their mind. And, you know, they're, and they're tired at the end of the day. And you really have to do as much as you can to go meet them where they are and make it easy for them. Um, and, you know, it's great that people like to do marathons. It's great that people like to do Ironman and triathlons and CrossFit. And, but I've also come to learn that there's, like, a lot of people that, like, their daily struggle is way harder than a marathon. Their daily and they want to give back, but like their daily struggle is way harder than an Ironman, way harder than CrossFit, 
and I've, I've really come to appreciate it. So cool. So you just mentioned something, and I want to talk about this. Uh, it's a good segue. So version, let's say, 1.0 was 40 charities. 10 charities. 10 charities, yeah. then it evolved. And where it is today is mm-hmm. 40 charities, corporate right. money, and now version... 3.0, 4.0, what is it being called? We're probably in like version like 8.0 now. 8.0. Yeah, we're, we're in a lot of versions. Which in a couple days yeah. is going to be, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah, so. If you can. Yeah, can, absolutely. I mean, sure. Right, so right, we're adding a number of, so the challenge for us in order to be able to add more great charities like Project Purple and really, you know, scale up the impact that we have is to find the sources of unlimited money. So, like I said, we're very grateful for the the support that our corporate sponsors give us, but it's limited. I have not yet found a company willing to write me a blank check and for unlimited money, understandably. And like I said, I have empathy for them as to why they can't do that. So how do we use the limited money that they give us as a leverage point to create bigger impact? And so there's two sources of unlimited money that we've identified. Um, the most exciting of which is the peer-to-peer fundraising, which is you know people going out, asking their friends and family to support them. and. There's, you know, people do that for things like marathons, people might do that for CrossFit, but we've created a way that anybody can do that, even if you're not a marathon or even if you're not doing a walk or CrossFit, where just through the walking that you do every day, you can let your friends and family support you, your employers support you. So you can turn all the miles that you're doing every day into money for charity. Um, And it's kind of like a, a new twist on an old idea. So back when I used to, when I started raising money, I used to go out and I would get pledges before I would actually get donations. I'd go out and I, my friends would pledge, oh, you're doing the marathon, we'll sponsor you a dollar a mile or two dollars a mile, whatever it is. And I would go out and I would do my race and then they would make the donation. So with Charity Miles, everybody is going to get their own pledge page that they can, every time they share their Charity Miles, they can share a link to their pledge page. Um, and then their friends and family can go out and pledge to support them. And each person can earn an unlimited amount of money, depending on how many pledges they get from their friends. So if, you know, you get five friends to pledge 10 cents, you'll get 50 cents a mile. If you get 10 friends to pledge 25 cents, you'll get 250 a mile. Whatever your friends and family are pledging is how much you'll earn. And, you know, then all you got to do is go out and walk. And what's really good is that you don't need to be a marathoner to set a big goal. Anybody can walk, you know, 500 miles. It's just a little bit more than a mile a day say you know dear friends um, you say dear friends you know I really care about pancreatic cancer research you all know why this is important to me and this isn't a cause that I just walk with one day a year this is something that I walk with in my heart every day and so I've set out to walk 500 miles for Project Purple and you know I'd be grateful if you would one walk with me and two I'd be grateful if you would uh, sponsor me even like five cents, 10 cents, 20 cents a mile makes a big difference. And then, you know, once your friends pledge to sponsor you, all you gotta go out and do is walk. And they can continue sponsoring you year round. So even if they don't do it on day one, as you're walking, you're continuing to update everybody on your progress and um, you'll get more pledges. So you'll just be able to make an unlimited amount of money. So an organization like you guys, if you had 500 people raise $500, and from what you tell me, I think that's possible, That'd be two hundred and fifty thousand dollars of additional income. Yeah, of additional income that so what impact? The launch is coming up here in the next week or so. Yep. What is it? How many? How many new charities or? Uh, so we're adding. We're starting. I mean, 
the goal is long term to be able to add more, a lot more charities. But we're just starting with a small pilot group, about five charities, and um, you know our goal is to make a six-figure impact for every charity that we work with. Awesome. So we really hope that all of you guys out there in Project Purple, you know, download the app, get your pledge page up and running, get your friends to sponsor you, and just get out there and walk. It's actually really fun. Like. I mean, I can show Dino because I have it on my phone right now, the, the version that's not in the App Store that we'll be releasing. But, like, I go out for a run. I finish my run. I'm like, I just earned 10 bucks for my charity. That's awesome. And you, like, see the money go up. It feels so good. It makes the run even that much more fun. Much more appreciated. Or I walk home from work. I'm like, I just earned another 2 bucks Because <laughs> I already have $2 a mile on pledges. So, I know you talked about the charitable aspect yeah. of this in terms of creating, you know, large change with large groups and stuff. But have you ever thought of it from the health aspect though? Absolutely. That's a key part is all the things that we're raising money for, whether it's Parkinson's or pancreatic cancer or anything else, the number one thing that you can do to decrease your risk of getting any of these diseases is to walk more. Walking 30 minutes a day halves your risk of just about every major disease. And that's not to say that it's going to prevent you from Correct. getting it, see, but it significantly decreases the risk. All the diseases that we're getting, whether it's diabetes, cancer, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, there is a direct link between that and our sedentary lifestyle. And you know, there's all sorts of TED Talks out there that's, you know, sitting is the new smoking. Yeah. So. We want to get people out there walking more. As we sit, by the As way. we sit, but not on the next podcast, because no. as soon as this one's done, we're yeah, going to we're, record a podcast. We're walking. For, for the Charity Miles podcast, where I'm going to be interviewing Dino, and the tables are turned. But our podcast, The Extra Mile, for anybody out there that wants to check it out, it's called The Extra Mile, and all of our interviews are done on a walk or a run. And we invite the listeners to walk or run with us, because we want to get people to be more active. That is the mission. That is what we're raising money for, is to get people healthier. And we need to get up out of our chairs and just live Get healthier. the butts moving. Get the butts moving. So, a couple more questions and we're mm-hmm. going to wrap this up. Where do you see Charity Miles in five years? No idea. Not Candy. at all? You don't have a five-year plan? Nope. Do you have a two-year no, plan? Five-day plan, five maybe? Five-day plan? <laughs> um, no. I mean, so much, I, if you asked me that question five years ago, I, would never, I could never have envisioned where we are today. So, I just, I like to leave... You know, they say, you know, people will say, like, oh, being an entrepreneur, it's like running a marathon. But and you are sprinting every day, though. So it's not necessarily... Well, yeah, but you're sprinting which, every day, but it, there's no finish line. Yeah, true. And, like, a marathon, you're going in the same direction. All you got to do is follow the people in front of yeah. you, and you're going to get there. Just put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. But with this, it's kind of like the Hunger Games. You never know... <laughs> That's a good analogy. You never know... You don't, you don't know which way to go. Yeah. You're, like, in the middle of the woods, and, you got, and you're figuring it out. I think that with what we have coming up is really exciting. I think that we can really earn hundreds of millions of dollars for charity with this. Like, like I said, 500 people times $500 is $250,000. I mean, we, not, have, we, we have hundreds of thousands number. of people using the yeah. app. So when we think about, you know, if they all do something like this, we could be raising hundreds of millions of dollars a year and really making a huge impact for charities that are big and charities that are small. How does it feel for those charities and you mentioned this before that said no to you early on that now are like hey Gene like we made a mistake and you don't have to name no I don't I don't blame any of them like I don't have any grudge or I don't have like a feeling of like I told you so or anything like that because 
Did you know then, though, that they would come back eventually and nope. be like, hey, you didn't have that mindset? No. I know. I, I mean, you're good, man. See, like my, my mindset is like when we get rejected by corporate partners, I'm like, okay, well, when they're, we get, they're going to come knock and we used to, we used to hang the letters. Like, you know, we'd reach out to yep. corporate partners for like donations or, you know, mm-hmm. corporate money. And, uh, it even used to happen to races. Mm-hmm. I had a rejection letter from the BAA and I pinned it right on our wall in our office. Mm-hmm. And I said, when we get in, you know, this is, you know, yeah. this is the motivation. And we eventually did get into the Boston marathon you know, we we're a charity partner mm-hmm. there for four years, but um, I don't take anything personally. No, you can't. You can't. I don't take anything personally, and also, like I said, I have a lot of empathy um, for people making decisions. I mean, like, I, you put yourself in the shoes of any of those people making the decisions. They got a lot of stuff going on in their life, and you don't know what what factors there are in um, why they say yes or why they say no. There's a lot going on there, which is true. Yep. Um, all right. Most important so, question. Yeah. Our audience is saying at home, what's the best way for them to connect with Charity Miles? Well, to learn more. And to I don't know when out. is this going to be airing. So this will probably air in about four weeks. Three, four. Three, Three or four right. weeks. Three or four. So you guys be up in the app by then? I hope so. All right. So download Charity Miles. Go to your app store. Simple. If you type in charity, it'll be the first thing that comes up. And, uh, and start walking the- for the Project Purple. And the logo, let's, because I saw that. So the logo is a, per, a person. It's like a heart person with running. a heart. Yeah. So what is? Where did that come from? That's actually a good another good lesson that I had when I start. So um, when I had the idea for Charity Miles, and I was interviewing different uh, potential developers, I had no money because I spent it on the uh, postcard thing. Yeah. Um, I at least from the postcard thing because I knew that we were going to have so many different charities and so many different companies in the app, I didn't want to have any logo. I didn't want to have any branding. I wanted to be totally invisible because I wanted the charities and the corporate sponsors to sh- be the ones that shined. And I didn't want to have anything in there that would get in the way of that and make it hard for a charity to look good or hard for a company to look good. So I just wanted no logo, totally invisible. And I was very adamant on that and very stubborn on that. And then this company that ended up being my developer and is still my developer today, um, they came up with this logo and I was like, all right, that's it. Perfect. You guys got it. Like I just had, to, it was like you a lesson knew. in being open-minded to other people's suggestions. And it's something that I have to continue learning. So actually that's what this logo reminds me of every day is like try to stay open-minded that's awesome. and be, be open to suggestions what other people tell you. And that doesn't mean that I always am, but I try to be. Well, I think going back to there, you know, you can read a book about entrepreneurship and being an entrepreneur, but I think until you're in it, and you have those experiences and going back to what our conversation was in terms of the postcards and the other mm-hmm. app that were good you thought they would be successful but they weren't and then just you know taking those failures which weren't true failures but well, they were total failures total failures okay <laughs> your words total failures but then having the success with charity miles and, and you hear often like people have to fail 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 before they succeed and i don't think any entrepreneur ever comes out of the gate like hey like I launched my first company it's you know Google let's say or you know something like that there's so many failures before you reach success Mm -hmm. and so um, I think that's just so awesome you know hearing that and going through and everything you've gone through so um, with that Gene I really appreciate cheering with our audience yeah I'm excited to have you guys on board 
the background of Charity Miles. We're excited to be part of it, and uh, I can't wait to see where the next year or two yeah. years goes with this. Because, um, you know, honestly, since we started Project Purple, I I cannot tell you. I mean, it probably happens multiple times a quarter mm-hmm. where I will get an email from someone on our run teams or someone in the public. Oh, you guys aren't on Charity Miles, yeah. and you know the last couple years I've said uh, no not yet yeah. and then we made an introduction yeah. at the New York City Marathon a couple years yeah. ago and then you know when this opportunity presented itself um, I'm extremely excited for it so you too I and like a big it's a big step for us because we, we haven't really worked you guys are I think an emerging charity and like most of our charities are very big charities and it's exciting for us to be able to work with a more emerging charity because if we can make the impact that we I think that we can make for you I mean that's that's sky's really the exciting limit, sky's the limit yeah. we can do so if, to, to, to make you know several hundred thousand dollars for you to, like really help you guys scale up and grow like that's really really exciting it's for huge us. it's huge it's huge for everyone so that's like my goal is coming into work every day trying to figure out like how can we really make a big impact for a charity like Project Purple well, we appreciate it, Gene, and thank you for what you're doing with Charity Miles to change the landscape of philanthropy, not just here in the United States, because this is global. Yep. Anyone in the world can download the mm-hmm. app. And so, um, you know, the power of the crowd to change things, which I wrote early on, which you said, is so powerful. So thank you for having yeah. that mindset and the appreciate vision. Appreciate that. And folks, that's another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. It's a wrap. Yeah.